0: Hello and welcome to That Reminds Me Of. You're here with Baron and the Doc at the Austin Film Festival and we are talking today about the Arbours.
1: This is the show that reminds me of where we watch films and we talk about other films that we're reminded of at the same time. and it's very spoiler heavy. So if you haven't listened to an episode before and you haven't seen the film, you don't know what we're doing, just a heads up that this is we're going to talk about all of the the plot points and the spoilers of this film throughout this conversation, most likely.
0: And in this case, the plot points and the spoilers are about the Arbors, a 2020 film directed by Clayton Whitmer. Written by Clayton and Chelsea Cummings. So, um, let's get straight into it. It's your turn to synopsis. Yes, it um, is. Do you want to tell us tell us what this film's about?
1: Sure. So, the film The Arbos follows Ethan, who's a kind of sad little man um, <laughs> who is also a locksmith, and he lives in a little town in the middle of somewhere in the middle of the US, and uh, kind of a sleepy dead end town. I would I would call it. One day one day he's out and about, one night I should say, and he comes across a dead animal in the middle of the road. And straight away you're thinking classic horror film set up. There's a dead animal on the road. That means bad things are going to happen. But unlike most horror films, the dead the dead animal actually means something and it has a little creature inside of it. And so like the sad little weirdo that he is, he decides to bring the animal with the creature inside it into his van and take it home. and then slowly coax the creature out which turns out to be a sort of spidery beetle type thing i don't even know what what it is about i don't know the size of a big rat or something and he starts feeding it meat and so Mm. on and before long the little creature is a big creature and it's eating or at least killing and maiming other people in his neighborhood and you start to get, after a little bit of time, this this feeling that they're people that he has a bit of a gripe with. So he somehow formed a bond with this creature. This is what I'm just picking from the story. Mm. Uh, and it's now kind of out to do his bidding in a way. It's not like a direct bidding, but if he just thinks, I'm kind of over that guy, more than likely <laughs> that guy's going to end up dead the next night. And yeah. aside from that, There's just a really a lot of questions in this film. So I think I'll leave the synopsis there and we can get Mm. into some of the details and talk it through. Can I
0: just ask you straight off the bat, when the creature appeared,
1: I think he stopped the car
0: and there was a dead deer or some animal, and then he looks inside and there's this little creature come out, odd-looking. I actually wrote down...
1: I reckon Alex would love this. <laughs> you know what? I did love that moment. And you know what mm. it made me sit up because before that moment mm. I was a little bit uncertain what this film was and I was a little bit just turned off by it. Honestly, I just didn't mm. it wasn't standing out to me. And then when you see the dead deer in the road, it's such a it's such a horror film trope. For there mm. just to be a dead animal on the road and for people to stop and look at it and go, Ooh, dead animal. Like that means, <laughs> that's like a, an omen of bad things. But what was clever is that they actually, the dead animal meant something and was actually a turning point for the whole film. So I thought that was great. And once I saw that and there, there was a creature inside of it, and not only that, he was going to take the creature home with him, I was like, Oh, okay. Here we go. We're, we're on. Something else is happening. So this bloke
0: finds the creature inside the creature, wraps them both up, yeah. takes them home, yeah. takes with some little pliers or something, pulls the <laughs> the rat-sized spider out of the, cre- the, the deer, puts it in a cat cage. Mm-hmm. It then breaks out of the cage, essentially, so he builds a big box to put it in, um, and he builds that box within... Five seconds flat, by the way. (laughs) That's right. Were you worried about the implausibility of all that at the time or were you going with it?
1: No, I was a little, yes, I was a little bit worried about it. Actually, in, in fact, there were lots of little things throughout this film that I was worried about because, yes, lots of strange implausible moments like that. Also, just some kind of editing and tonal choices and just other things going on that had me just wondering what this film was that I was watching. So, yes, there were plenty of those little worries and concerns throughout. I wasn't so concerned
0: at the start. Like you said, you, you took a while to warm into it and then the creature appearing just got your horror sensibility probably um, going. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have that same sensibility. But <laughs> <laughs> I was at least intrigued by the awkwardness of the, the setup when um Owen goes to his brother's place and... He gets a flashlight as a gift and then he he gives a little figurine from a game to his brother and it's clear that they don't quite see the world the same way. One's very nostalgic, the other's a practical man. All all of that was – I was intrigued. It hadn't hadn't won me or lost me,
1: but I was intrigued. But you you didn't like that setup? No, I wouldn't say that. Like I I actually think of all the films we've seen at Austin so far, this is the one that I was most entertained throughout – watching mm. i was curious where it was going the whole way through it and probably not till the the final act did i start to feel like it was losing its way a little bit but everything up to that i was like okay what's going to happen next and there were some great turning points so that was good like it it hooked me in i think there were enough great hooks throughout it to to keep me going. And I and something we've you've just alluded to that I left out of my synopsis entirely is that the brother relationship is key to this whole film. Mm. Um, Ethan and his brother, you, you slowly get their backstory throughout the whole film, but you know that they're estranged a little bit, or at least they're not, they don't have the relationship that they once did. Mm. And that Ethan, the main character, is just dying to have some sort of relationship with his brother. He wants back what they had when they were younger. That, that's an interesting thing there. And it, and it works throughout most of the film, um, but it doesn't really sort of conclude in a way that you would think it would. It doesn't pay off. Maybe we'll get to the eventual payoff mm. later. It made me think
0: all of these things that I said were implausible, like, for example, like the, the creature was escaping, like yes. was visibly escaping, And then he went and started hammering something and within (laughs) 10 seconds, he's got a beautiful box built Yeah, and he's putting the creature in. Maybe that's the wrong example, but some of the decisions like actually taking the creature home in the first place that I thought were ridiculous. But then as I watched a bit more, I realised it's fundamental to his character and we're learning things about him, Mm. you know, that he is an oddball. So, Mm. And we learn even later in the film all of that is, you know, because his brother did something similar. So there's kind of reasoning to all that sort of odd behaviour. Yeah. Which I thought that paid off a little. And that that tells me a bit about often the implausible can be made plausible by getting to know the character.
1: That's a good point. His character was hard to get to know. I think you had to be patient. That sort of character in a film, you see them every now and again, are really they're the hard characters to get right and to keep audiences hooked in for. When you get someone who's just so quiet and unresponsive and deadpan, the word I wrote down was this guy's dead. Like, when is he going to wake up? You know, they're really tough characters to, to get right. And I don't feel like we ever quite see Shane take off. Not Shane, sorry, Ethan. Owen. Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> we never quite see Shane, Ethan. Shane, oh and Ethan. Yeah, okay. that's right. Take off. Like, he, he never has a moment where he explodes. You get one a little bit when he kills the dude with the gun. Like, you get a little bit of a moment there. But I just wanted to see some emotion come out of this character at some point.
0: Yeah, I think you did towards the end. Like, he had a couple of scenes where he's, he's leaving the voice message, for example. I, I was aching to see his real feelings come out mm. i didn't think it was done perfectly that part like i thought it was a, there was a little too much exposition like you know this happened and then that happened and then that happened mm. in my life to bring us to here but still even that said i kind of did enjoy seeing his feelings come out and
1: and there was another another one or two sections like that which which paid off a, a bit for me on that phone message that the film needed that like i, I actually mm. really enjoyed that it was doing a couple things it was it was potentially revealing him who he is and what he really thinks to the wider world. Mm. Um, but it was also letting us in to just see the audience in to see what this guy's all about. And for him to be able to cry and sort of like vocalise such a yep. central part of his character was just needed. Like I think we just needed it. So it's so badly in the film. So when it comes, it's good. Because he, mm. he has no one to talk about. He doesn't talk to, does yeah. he?
0: He's just a complete loner in his own head yeah that's right so we're talking about the creature and the creature going out and killing everyone and do you take that creature completely literally or do you see other levels to interpretation
1: great question one that i would also ask you because i was umming and eyeing the entire way through the film is this creature just ethan being Mm. a sicko and all these all these things happen all these murders happen either with him there or he's asleep Mm. And wakes up with with a bot with and there's a new body, right? So you, the whole way through, I was wondering like, is this actually just him? And then there's the tantalizing moment where he ends up in his old family home, and all these mm. people in white suits arrive, and uh, I think Ethan says to one of them who's about to die, um, "What is the creature?" And the guy points at Ethan and says, "You," and then and then dies. So, like. Who knows what's going on? And maybe all of that's in his head. Who knows? Uh, The only thing that threw me was that his friend, his locksmith friend, is able to watch the video footage of the creature and see it. That threw me as well, because I think apart from that,
0: they did a tremendous job of allowing both, interpretations to live side by side you can take the barren perspective of loving the the horror genre and just that this is a real creature <laughs> or you can take my my perspective which would be psychological thriller yeah. <laughs> and i'm just loving the fact this is him this is a metaphor
1: if if it went that way i would have loved for the whole weird tunnel nest thing mm. to turn into some kind of like tunneling into his psyche kind of moment, like into his past maybe. Um, like I would have loved if that was the case, some way for him to end up crawling through a tunnel and to come out into his old family home, into his childhood or something, you know, and it doesn't really do any of that stuff. It leaves you with a lot of questions, this this film.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm happy that it didn't do that because I think that's definitely what it was saying. Those tunnels were tunneling into his memory and repressions and all that sort of thing mm. I think that's the that was the message but I'm, the, I'm happier for them, him not to end up in the kitchen in 1958
1: <laughs> I started to go with it and thinking okay these tunnels are going to go somewhere but they didn't yeah. really go anywhere for me so I don't know I don't know if I like that or not I, I parts of it I like but I feel like we need mm. a little bit more from that if we're going to start down that path you know maybe all the ways too far but just a little bit something in the middle
0: well i think it's a question of whether you prefer the filmmakers to choose one and say no that's just his psyche and it's him killing it or actually it was the the giant spider uh so do you, do you prefer them to reveal that or do you prefer the ambiguity of your finish and it still could be either one
1: what was the kaufman film we saw just recently i'm just blanking on the name of it I'm um, thinking of ending things. I'm thinking of ending things. He, he la- leaves it up to your interpretation, but he lays mm. bigger seeds you know, within that metaphor to kind of like mull over. He sort of mm. takes you a little further down the road this way and then he takes you a little further over that way. And maybe if that's the interpretation, if it's not just a creature, mm. a monster film, then maybe I just want a little bit more from it. No,
0: that, that's fair. Although in fairness, I think Kaufman is Kaufman. And, and this mm-hmm. film they shot, I think it was in 25 days, and I think the budget was 10 or 20 k. Oh wow, that's incredible. That's that is incredible. Yeah, we could pick some stuff, you know, out in it, but that's no, a tremendous effort. should just effort. shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Like that. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I watched the Q and A afterwards, and it's these. Um, did you did you get to see? No, them? I didn't, didn't see the Q and A on this one. No, it's these young filmmakers who just finished film school yeah they'd done four years film school together and then made this at the end of it. Yep. and um it was really, really cool to see them talk about it. really really tells you just what an achievement it is to pull something together like this
1: absolutely. and i and I've seen a bunch of those just out of film school features mm. before, and uh, the the quality of this one is is really high, absolutely. And you know what i I could have started to then get into VFX because um, I feel like that's probably a weak point in this film but i'm not going to really not not for that budget and you know straight out of film school i think they've done a tremendous job with with
0: vfx and these sort of films you need to see the monster and i, I think i've said this with your can we talk about one that you're working on? yeah sure <laughs> yeah so you you've got one involving a dinosaur and i've, I've seen the end uh, the end product and an earlier one and the end the end one is really really cool and lifelike but i still like the early one as well in its own way yeah you would have um, you
1: would have gone for it probably still anyway knowing the low budget nature of the film and so on yeah yeah i would
0: have accepted it and i accept it here too like yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a device
1: yeah only thing i would say to to young filmmakers if you're gonna have vfx shoot it in the dark like you know what i mean <laughs> the less you can see of the of the monster or that and those vfx that you know yeah. you're not gonna have the budget to really pull off the better no yeah
0: what other talking points are there on this film Well how, how about the um the character the the mate is his name Brody what did you make of him I, I found him hard to hard to interpret
1: I didn't know well see he's the he's the guy who is the one that sees the creature he's the one that sort of mm. breaks the logic breaks some breaks some sort of wall yeah that's yeah. right and yet I don't really know what else he's bringing to the film. Um, aside Mm. from it leading up to the moment where he's shot by Ethan, which seemed to be a real decision on Ethan's part to say, um, no, I am going to cover everything up and try Mm. to sort of have my fantasy pay off in some way with my brother. He threw him under the bus, didn't he? He totally threw him under the bus. And the the other character who I didn't really understand was Connie, the old love Mm. interest, who keeps out telling him he should run away with her. Two things. I didn't understand why she was interested in Ethan. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, why is this chick even interested in this guy? Mm. He's giving her nothing. You know what I mean? So then I just started questioning why she needed to exist in the story in a in a, in a, in a way. Maybe just to have a some sort of tempting mm. lure to get him away from, from this trap of a city or town. What mm. was your take? I-,
0: I wondered about the existence of both of them as well. Like mm. when you look at, um ethan he's such a loner and in his high school yearbook no autographs and that sort of thing and then this chick is pursuing him and he just didn't seem like the sort of person that you'd pursue no out of not out of him not showing interest he just didn't he
1: wasn't attractive to people in the show no he's he's a very creepy character honestly He's yeah, just he sort is. of creepy and quiet and weird. Like you expect like honestly, if I was in that town and thinking who could be a serial killer in this town, I think I would have looked at him first. I'd be like, I think it could be Ethan. He's so weird. <laughs> they even said as much when yeah. they when
0: they had the mob coming together. Yeah. And he's in the room, they're saying it's, it must be you know the one you know the guys, those <laughs> yeah. oddballs. And he's he's sort of rocking in the corner. Um it's <laughs> so right. obviously Obviously him, but yeah. the Brody, the 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 mate, I don't know if this is a casting issue maybe, that he, he looked like a leading man. He was yeah. a really sort of suave, good-looking, cool type of guy. And
1: yes, it seemed that he was relying on this mis- misfit for his entertainment. And, and... and he also seemed to have the hots for him just as much as Connie did. Like they both seemed to really mm. think Ethan was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah, mm. and... and Throwing himself under the bus in a way because he didn't tell on on Ethan. We talk about logic moments there that I struggled mm. with. That was a big one. Like when when he rocks up, and is presented with a body wrapped up in a blanket, mm. and some weird sort of dodgy video of a creature sticking its legs out of a box. He's yeah. like, "Wow, let's go bury this body. Let's do it. Uh, I think we need to do this now." You know, <laughs> like yeah, I'm yeah. I, I'm I've got some lie in the back. I'm ready to go like that. That whole thing is a, that was a bit of a leap for me. So he saw the video when it was a,
0: yeah, a mouse sized or a rat sized spidery thing. Yeah. Maybe we can have them both coexisting if the, he really did find a creature, but then somewhere between the creature being that big Mm. and monstrous, it just became a metaphor for his psyche and he does become the serial killer. Yeah and um the, the footage of of the creature just in
1: the What what did they, what did they show? Yeah, it was sort of like the box and the little tentacle arms coming out <laughs> trying to eat a chicken or something. You know, it was a, it was definitely looked like an alien thing.
0: The the thing about the video is because you're so uncertain about what the truth is, you're relying on the video as as the objective um window into mm, truth. Yes. And there's two points. Um one is that one. And the other is when he does the, the CCTV. And you, you're thinking, finally, we're going to actually see what what this is. And yeah. as soon as you then see this, the swing and it goes out of frame, you're thinking, okay,
1: we're not going to see this. It, yeah. the, it's just going to disappear. I thought that was good, though. I, I actually I enjoyed that moment. But I agree. I was thinking, CCTV, are we going to see Ethan walking into the yard or are we going to see a creature? I was hanging out for that. Yeah, the, the tension
0: building up to that as he's walking towards a cctv yeah i just thought even uh, not that it was anything spectacular but even the framing of seeing him walking into that shot and then you see the the tv screens over there it it worked on me it
1: did yeah it worked for me as well a lot of what was missing for me in this uh, from a character standpoint was just Clearer motivations for the characters and why they're doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I think because I wrote down a note here just that I didn't have a clear motivation for why people were doing anything they were doing. It was very vague, and mm-hmm. if maybe those those motivations had just been made a little clearer early on, like about who each of these people are and what's pushing them to do things, then I think we might have had a slightly stronger story. The main motivation that you want to know is
0: is for Ewan Ethan. Alter- what did I say? Ewan? Ewan. <laughs> We're all the names wrong. Yeah, Ethan. I, I feel yeah. like I've said Ewan a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. Because um, we had an Owen in some other one, didn't we? That's right. Yeah. The motivation you want to know is of Ethan.
1: <laughs> yes. Ethan's the main yeah. one, right? You want to know what, what yeah. he's all about for sure.
0: Yeah. But, but I think you gradually get that, you know. Yeah. And I think, I think the film gives you it in little snippets. So... I, I wasn't too concerned about the motivation in the end. I thought that was probably well
1: well explained. The other characters, not so much. Some of the peripheral characters, I don't know the motivations of them. You do get there with Ethan's character eventually. And what do you think about the ending of of the film? It didn't explain anything to me. No, it doesn't really give anything away, does so it?
0: I, I, did, I did sort of want it to be explained, but maybe I'm happy for it to be up in the air.
1: I agree. I mean, I think the burning of the house and the creature is a... It's a it's a trope, but mm. it worked in this instance. I I agree. I would have loved to have maybe just another tasty clue at the end to just give us a sense of what's going on here. It might have been a might have been good, but you know I'm not I'm not hating on it either. I think it I think it worked. Yeah yeah agree. Doc films or anything you were reminded of while watching this one.
0: Uh, let's see. I was reminded of so we watched Murder Berry Win. It was the first film. <laughs> Of um of for Austin for us and this one also included a board game. The board game was quite a thing towards the end, representing kind of the nostalgia, the history, the relationship with the brother, all that sort of thing. Yeah. And in several cases, he's stuck with dead bodies that he needs to, to dispose of. <laughs> yes. So just on those couple of points, it kind of reminded me of a film that I'd seen very recently, Murder Murderberry Win
1: classic and by the way if you find a dead body on in your yard don't drag it into your shed and bury it under the floor (laughs) you know what i mean so (laughs) so he's still there he's just there yeah he's just there there's one little nod to it towards the end of the film where i think his brother or someone's walking in the shed and he's looking at the floor going he's walking right over the body
0: yeah that that's weird isn't it the number of bodies
1: number of bodies he would have had to Get rid of. I don't know um, if he got rid of them all or what. He, he definitely got rid of at least a couple. Mm. Anyway, interesting. Interesting. Well, that's a, that's assuming it's
0: it's him. So I well, I, yeah. I still think that he's the serial killer. Yeah. I don't buy that it's if there's a monster. Really. To I come, to I'm, be honest.
1: I think I'm with you. There was there was too much going against it being a real thing. I think. Mm. And a lot of the logic just sort of pointed that way to me. Um, I will point out. Because I've got the IMDB page in front of me. The poster for this film is pretty awesome. I like it. It's very horror. It works. And I was reminded a little bit of Slither, which is a horror film with creatures in it. And when I first (laughs) saw the creature inside the dead um, beastie on the road, I was like, okay, this could be cool. (laughs) This could be like Slither or something because it had that. Sort of physical thing. It goes nowhere near where Slither goes in the end. Um, slither's a crazy, wild film full of mutated people and ridiculous creatures. But just at the start, kind of gave me a little bit of that. Gave you, gave you the slithers. The slithers, <laughs> slithers. Sorry, <laughs> uh, I was
0: reminded of Fight Club uh, quite a bit, and all of those films, you, you know, where the the main character doesn't realize that they're doing other stuff uh, in their spare time. Yeah. <laughs> so this split personality type thing, yeah. which for the for the bulk of the film is what yeah,
1: what I thought was happening. Another one that pops into my head, particularly in the first half of the film, where you've got sort of creepy Ethan driving around town at night um, and things happening around him, was Night Watch with Ewan McGregor. It's that it's that film where he's he he takes a job doing the night watch at a morgue and really nothing like this film. But there was just this thing about this one guy sitting in the dark Mm. while horrible, creepy things are happening around him that really reminded me of sort of this film. And we talked about the, the animal, the beginning of the film, right? Mm. That trope of finding an animal. Well, the film that I've seen recently, and we've talked about this a few times that has that is get out. It has a deer. Off, uh, that gets yep. hit and it's on the side of the road and you just and it has the scene where where the actors get out of the car the characters get out and look at the deer while it's dying and you just are meant to sort of take on the the, the feeling of i don't know an omen i i suppose mm. um and it just made it made me really think of that and and i loved that that was subverted with the actual deer being a thing that would be taken home, you know, <laughs> with a creature inside of it. I, th- I thought that was great. That's so memorable really, isn't it? Yeah, it, it really is. Really, really is. And then
0: it, it... well, what did you make of, uh, we're getting away from, reminds me of ofs now, but mm. what did you make of the fact that the, the wound in his hand never healed? And oh. then he, he, um he pulled out a tooth.
1: I wanted to ask you the same question that was on my list of things to ask. I, I, have no idea is the honest mm. answer. Uh, like what does the wound signify? Why does it never heal? Why is there a tooth in it? What does it all mean? I I don't know. Again, it doesn't help us with the, the mystery mm. too much. It's, it's, it's another question. Yeah. Do you have any, any clues there or thoughts?
0: Oh, well, if you're looking at it in the real, you know, if you believe that everything is real, that you're seeing and there is an actual creature, mm. then I guess it's, a bit of the creature that's still stuck in him <laughs> right. and it's it's infected and that's why it's not. <laughs> in which case, case it's easy. Yeah. So it's that's easy. And the other way of thinking it is is sort of a bit weird that somehow the creature is inside him and that's just a bit of the creature that's sort of inside him or it's hard to articulate because I think it's not really articulated very completely.
1: I started to go with one direction that I thought, you know, maybe when he was bitten by the creature a psychic link was established. You know uh, what I mean? And so, like, therefore, whenever he thought, God damn, George at the corner shop's annoying me at the moment, George would get killed just through that psychic link, you know? Mm. But I don't know. I don't think that's right either.
0: Well, speaking of the the merging of bugs and humans, mm. I was reminded of um, the Metamorphosis, the Kafka story. Do Do you know that? I, I know of it. I've got it on my bookshelf. Have I read it? No. <laughs> well, basically, um, this chap, Gregor, wakes up and he's a bug. Mm. And the rest of the rest of the story is him crawling around his his room and his parents end up disowning him. It's just just a typical Kafka kind of thing. But there was a lot of that is he the bug or or not. Like everything. It's it's like there's kind of themes and ideas thrown at you, but not really resolved. So I'm not sure there's a big through line with that you know, metamorphosis analogy, but I think it's probably intentional.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's three films down, Doc. Three films down, at least
0: six to go, because I think we're going to do nine. That was our target. So let's see how we go.
1: (laughs) Yep. And just a final shout out to Clayton Whitmer and the team that made the Arbors. I mean that budget pretty pretty impressive
0: yeah they're young guys they really look like they're they're going places so i'll be watching every one of them and see where they go from here
1: well doc i'll see you at the next film
0: indeed see you all